Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, March 8th. Welcome to another long-form Titans debate edition of the 440. Of course, Zach Lyons joining me every single Tuesday from the Football and Other Efforts podcast, Broadway Sports Media as well. You can follow him all over the Twitters. You can read all of his work all over the internet. It's basically everywhere. Titans fans know all about you. Zach, how are you, sir? Good morning. I'm sure Titans fans are probably a little sick of me at this point because I've just been churning out article after article for broadwaysportsmedia.com because this this is just my bread and butter. I, I love the business side of the NFL and the strategy involved in team building. We need to get you into the metrics department that they don't have over there at St. Thomas Sports Park. It's just one. It's just one guy at an old school like that blue and white big Mac. You remember those Macs that were different colors, uh, uh, the desktop computers, and they were like clear on top, and you know they were just big and bulky. It, it's it's it may be a little right? some some yeah an iMac, but it was like the old school right right kind of like those big you know old school big screen TVs. That's what he's on, and he's just like pressing one button. They, I think they have more metrics folks for the Titans than they're letting on. I just don't think they have like official titles and roles. I think they're they're consuming all of that data because we know Mike Vrabel loves some some like work rate practice work rate information. We know he's got all kinds of stuff on that. So coming up on the show today, we're going to gloat a little bit about our show last week. We'll talk about the combine, how your opinions about how the, the Titans should target this particular draft class have changed over the course of the weekend with the combine players that we think stood out and the Titans fans should know about. Uh, you actually have some comments about the length of the event. So, like, like, are you measuring the measurements at this point? Is that what's happening? Yeah, pretty much. I don't get why they they turn this into a primetime event. It is way too late into the night. And, you know, you, typically they start at, at around the same time. But they have just extended everything. And I get it. It's for ratings and it's for so you can charge your advertisers more because it's on 7 o'clock at night instead of, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, but man, it is just dreadful. And was, it just seems so boring this year for whatever reason. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I was going to ask you to save it, but I think you kind of just got it out yeah, of your that, system. That was there. pretty much it. You got it out of your system there. Where is the value at pick 26? I've sort of settled on after kind of waffling last week, I've sort of settled on where I, I really like and what I like the Titans to do at 26. We will remind everybody, of course, that mock drafts are stupid before free agency. So make sure you remember that. Uh, Harold Landry, of course, franchise tag deadline, tag deadline day is on Tuesday. So we'll tell you everything you need to know about Harold Landry and their decision the Titans have to make with him and that position on Tuesday, March 8th. Uh, of course, we will begin with Aaron Rodgers and the potential trades that are quote unquote on the table for the Hall of Fame quarterback from the Green Bay Packers. The Titans are one of them. Should the Titans go after Aaron Rodgers or not? We'll dive into that in just a second. Reminder that the 440 is brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. If you own a house, which hopefully you did years ago in Nashville, <laughs> and uh, you're capitalizing on the growth of the insane drunken real estate market in this town. And if you do, you need to know about the Kingston Group because if you're going to make any big decisions about your house, you need to talk to the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. All right, Zach. Three teams, apparently. Pittsburgh Steelers, Denver Broncos, Tennessee Titans have quote-unquote offers on the table for Aaron Rodgers. I would assume that almost includes like every single team that doesn't have a star quarterback at this point in the NFL. Um, the Matthew Stafford deal, will refresh everybody's memory, was, a, was two first-round picks, a third-round pick, 
and Jared Goff in exchange for Matthew Stafford. Now, certainly Aaron Rodgers is better than Matthew Stafford. And I, I don't know how all the capologists and the geniuses would have to make it all work financially, but if you told me the Tennessee Titans could trade Ryan Tannehill two first-round picks, which right now would be late in the first round, obviously this year, 26. Next year, we assume they're going to be pretty good as well. And then a second or third round pick, so three draft picks and Ryan Tannehill for Aaron Rodgers. To me, it is unequivocal you do it because we just saw that it can win you a Super Bowl. And if you have Aaron Rodgers with this coaching staff and this run at rushing attack and this defense and this front office, I don't know about you, but to me, they would be the prohibitive favorite to win the AFC, in my opinion. I would pick them to win the AFC. I'd pick them to go to the Super Bowl. I, I could see him being a favorite to win the whole stinking thing. I think you have to pull the trigger if you can get Aaron Rodgers. Yes and no. I, I, I think that everybody should go in and get their Tennessee Titans Super Bowl bets in now, just <laughs> right, in case right. he is traded to the Tennessee Titans, because then you're, you're right. They will be the favorites and all that. It does not guarantee you a Super Bowl. I, I don't know really how much, how you know, everybody talks about, well, the Derrick Henry's here and, you know, all this stuff. I'm, I'm kind of going a little off script here. Does that matter? Because don't you want Aaron Rodgers to be the the, lead, the bulk of this offense? Does Derrick Henry really, has the rushing, does a rushing attack really matter in the big Aaron Rodgers thing? I don't think it does. I, I think that if the, the way to win a Super Bowl, like we just saw, is through your defense and your quarterback. So I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that Aaron Rodgers doesn't care if Derrick Henry's back there or not. I just don't think it matters really. So I, that's a little off topic, but no, no. Well, I think it's a great point though, because here's what I would, I think, you know, Rodgers, Rodgers still is like seven years from Tom Brady. Again, we don't right. know how long he wants to play, but, but one of the greatest parts of his game has always been his mobility. He is so much faster than anyone realizes. He can get to the edge. He can escape pressure. His feet are what makes him so valuable. But he's always looking to throw. So if, in theory, that is part of his game that would sort of diminish quicker than anything else, like the arm and the brain, let's say, to me, if you've got a slightly different Aaron Rodgers for age 39 and 40, let's say, those two seasons, that's where a... That's where the greatest running back on the planet could be of value, maybe. <laughs> to, to yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. I guess that, that if, would be my if argument. You think that Derrick Henry holds up by then. I mean, you know, and all this stuff yeah. too. So it's it's kind of a give or take. But anyway, that that's just, the the. Let me just you know rain on your parade here. <laughs> the Jared Goff Matt Stafford trade makes no sense in this scenario because Green Bay has no real need for Ryan Tannehill unless they are just so far out on Jordan Love after seeing him for two years now, and they just don't think he can be that guy that can keep this team competitive for a Super Bowl. Then, yeah, sure, maybe they want Ryan Tannehill. Can it work cap-wise? Cap that's one of your questions. Yes, because both quarterbacks would essentially get an extension, which would free up pretty much like $20 million probably on both sides for both both teams. So, yeah, it can work, but that's the problem. Yeah, it, it could work, but, man, there's so many moving parts. Even if you don't trade Ryan Tannehill to the Packers and you work out another deal, you have to get another team to take Ryan Tannehill, and you have to have that on the table. This The wording of the pro football talk tweet or and the story just it kind of gives me like yeah I'm not really feeling that this is really 
that valid. Like, I believe the Broncos. But do we really think that after everything that was said at the Combine and all this stuff, and with Ryan Tannehill and the cap situation and Harold Landry and A.J. Brown, that the Titans have really got a contract, and this is what they say, contract offers on the table and trade offers on the table on both ends. Because the way it's put is that Aaron Rodgers has to agree to the contract terms, yep, and then yep. over here, the Packers also have to agree to their part. Yep. Do we really think that – I know John Robinson's a great GM, but do we really think that that is what they're doing? I, I just find that that it's pro football talk, so I, I take it with a grain of salt because their sources are kind of – wildly hit or miss compared to everybody else let, let me ask you this because i i agree that it is extremely unlikely that it happens let's just start start with that baseline that you and i first both, off i'd be very happy if it did happen i was I gonna think, say, i think that should be clarified happy that if it didn't happen you said it did it did I was, okay so that that's what i was gonna back up and just say like let's say there's not really a, they're, they're not as close as we think they are on a deal let's say w- wouldn't you rather just go all in and say you know what who cares about a second, an extra second round pick? We've got a pretty established roster where the one seed in the division, like Aaron Rodgers covers up all of the, the things that you would lose, just like Matthew Stafford just did for the Rams. And Aaron Rodgers is obviously better than Matthew Stafford. And, and I would argue the Titans are in a similar or similarly strong situation than, than the Rams. Like they're in a very similar situation to the Rams, in my opinion. So I don't know. I can just see like if it's like, all right, John Robinson's offering two firsts and a fourth and the Packers are like, no, nah, we need two firsts and a second. I'd be like, just do it. Just just if you're that close, get just pay the extra and, and get the deal done, because I, I he doesn't guarantee you Super Bowl. I agree. But my God, that, that <laughs> yeah. Aaron Rodgers with that team. Are you kidding me? Well, the word is, is that Aaron Rodgers wants to be the highest paid quarterback again whenever he gets to this new team or whatever he decides to do. So that that's something you got to consider. The reports are out of Denver currently. This this dropped last night are that they're ready the Broncos are ready to offer 1.9 this year. So the ninth overall pick, second round pick this year, which is going to be the ninth overall pick in the second round and next year's first. So it's a lot. The Titans don't have that. I mean, yeah. to be yeah. honest, they 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 can't match that in my opinion. And they, they also don't have Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, does Aaron Rodgers really want to come down and play for Todd Downing and Tim Kelly? Or, or does he want to go <laughs> over and play for the guy that he knows he can either he gets along with and has good chemistry with? And they have already Javante Williams. They have Tim Patrick. They have Jerry Judy. They have um, Cortland Sutton. They have three excellent wide receivers while the Titans would probably end up having to cut Julio Jones and they have AJ Brown. Like, it's just, I don't know, man, Aaron Rodgers in a Titans uniform sounds pretty good. (laughs) Oh, it sounds so good, but it's, it's one of those things where it sounds so good that it's just unbelievable because it's not, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. You know, people put out the polls. Do the Titans give him the best chance to win? No, I, I think the Packers give him the best chance to win a Super Bowl. To be honest with you, I think that is the best team. I'd argue that Denver is the second one, and I get it. Kansas City's there, but Kansas City's losing a couple of people. They Patrick Mahomes looked mortal. Andy Reid, there's you know some tensions between Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. All this stuff behind the scenes. I get it, but it's Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos. 
they're the favorite in that division if he is over there. The, are you, the hang Chiefs on. would be going there. Yeah. Hang on. Are you telling me that Rodgers has a better chance to win a Super Bowl at Denver than for the Titans? I think so. No chance. No I, chance. I, I know people don't want to no agree chance. with it. But I think their offense is better than the Titans' offense with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, God. Javante Williams There's is not a be... single piece of their puzzle that's better than the Titans. There's not a single All the piece receivers. of their puzzle. All okay. the receivers are better than the Titans. No, number two, three, and four are better than the Well, Titans. that matters when you I, have I a quarterback. All right, fair. Their fair. defense is better. The number three rated receiver on the Broncos is better than, and by the way, they'd have to trade Judy to get Rodgers probably. So that possibly knocks, knocks them all down a peg. All right. Anyway, we both agree that it's probably not going to happen. We all have heard the conversations about Tannehill. Here's what people need to know, though, regarding our conversation last week about the Titans targeting a quarterback, either moving up a couple spots to get their guy moving back, sticking at 26. I've seen some mock drafts, which are stupid, that have Matt Corral going at 26. The most important thing you need to know through all of this is that the Titans are clearly looking for quarterback options in the future. That's all you that's what the number one thing you need to take away from this. They wouldn't put an offer on the table for Aaron Rodgers if they weren't interested in upgrading. They wouldn't be having conversations at the combine with quarterbacks if they weren't interested. If they didn't know that Ryan Tannehill is their largest weakness in the playoffs, they wouldn't be having any of none of this stuff would even be floating to the surface. None of this stuff would be coming out. So that that's we'll leave it at that because JR basically confirmed our entire show last week. When he talked at the combine, we had a long conversation about the Titans. Should this be the class they should go after? And we were kind of torn on it. I am now settled on moving back to get your guy. I'm going to be fascinated to see how the quarterback draft plays out. Free agency is going to be a huge part of whether or not some of these teams are targeting quarterbacks. Rodgers, obviously, is a big part of that as well. I think trading back into the mid-40s, to, if, if you're going to get a quarterback and selecting your guy there, I think is the savviest of all the moves and the one I like the most. Uh, otherwise, this, you know, we, we watch the combine and there's going to be lots of value at 26 if they stay there and are not taking a quarterback. Right, right. I, I, I think everybody's, everybody should be rooting for number one, trade back. And number two, you just take the best player available that's probably going to be and people are going to scream an edge defender or an offensive tackle at that point or offensive lineman. And unfortunately, while they're not, well, the offensive line can be potentially be a hole coming up. And while edge may or may not be one, even if they sign Harold Landry, if you have one of these edge guys that drops to you, that they're super explosive, super athletic, they can get to the quarterback you go ahead and get them because there's a good chance this team may not keep Bud Dupree the next year. They, they have an easy yeah. out in the contract. So the, the way I looked at it from this combine perspective, first off, I think it's a good disclaimer to throw out there. You're right. Mock, mock drafts don't matter until after free agency, but the combine doesn't really matter. And here's <laughs> why is because the boards are set. They're basically looking for confirmation bias or a few players here and there they may have never gotten an eye on and they may move up their board like two or three spots. That that kid from Baylor that broke the record, he's not jumping up into going from a, I think he was a day three grade to a day one grade. Like that's not how the big boards works for these scouting offices. They're basically looking for confirmation bias. They're looking at certain situations where does the measurements match the film? 
because that's all they their rankings are based on film at this point and that's really what matters so they're looking for that connection now for people like us in the media it can change your draft strategy a little bit because i look at this and you know you hear people say well this this position group is is deep right the bunch of athletes and whatever and then sometimes it doesn't really turn out that way in these last few combats this one it proved that a lot of different position groups like edge like uh, defensive line, the tight end group, and the wide receiver group, they're a lot deeper than what you really think. And people said it was, but I think they're even more deep. And I'm going to be writing an article at some point this week. I'm out on the I'm out on the Titans drafting a wide receiver in the first round, unless it's like one of the top five guys. If if Jameson if Jameson yeah. Williams if Jameson Williams falls to the early twenties and you can move up a couple of spots to get a I'm out. A speedster, I'm good with that. But other than him, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. Traylon Burks, maybe, but I, I'm I agree with you. And what's weird is I think, and this a lot of this hinges on what they decide with the Ben Jones, Roger Saffold, Taylor Lewan moving parts that they've got to deal with because you could cut one, re-sign one, and restructure another one, or you know, or mix and match all of those things. But the two best centers in the draft, the kid out of Iowa and one that they're going to know really, really well out of Boston College, Zion Johnson is a teammate of Mike Vrabel's son. They're going to know him better than anybody. That would be a pretty – you could get the best center in the draft at 26 in theory and, yeah, replace, I think, and replace Ben Jones. So, again, that's I, where you have to look at value. Yeah, I think Zion Johnson is a freak of nature. And I think he is a guy that is firmly on the radar – I think that Desmond Ritter is firmly on the radar and I'm going to throw out two other names. And I think, and this is why I think you can wait is Alec Pearson, uh, Christian Watson. I think both those guys, you know, a wide receiver from Cincinnati and a wide receiver from North Dakota state university. I think both those guys are on their radar too. I, I just think that with the insight they can get into the Cincinnati uh, recruits from yeah. his BFF, Rabel's BFF, I think dismissing those guys because they're not known commodities is going to be a mistake. I didn't know much about Alec Pierce. That's what's good about the combine for me is that there's a lot of people that go and watch films of every freaking player right before the combine. So they know everything I like to look at. Cause I don't like wasting my time. I don't want to watch some guy from, you know, University of Texas, San Antonio, just because he may be something or something like that. I need to get, I, I need to know where I can devote my attention to. So this, <laughs> this Alec what, Pierce. Yeah, go ahead. Well, this is why I am such a, a loser in all of this, because I watch all of those games for all my other jobs. <laughs> so, right. Right. So I, I, I actually am watching a lot of Cincinnati football and UTSA football. And it's, it's not healthy for my marriage. I'll say, I'll say that probably, <laughs> Yeah, but, but it does, it does make me uniquely qualified to be like, you know what? I'm not sure Desmond Ritter is accurate enough to play in an NFL system. You know, that right. kind of, that kind of stuff. Cause I've just seen so much of him. I do love the kid though. He's a great, he's a, a, an awesome player. I just don't know if he's a starting NFL quarterback, but you, you were saying about the combine. Well, I'm just saying, you know, like I didn't really know much about Alec Pierce except for what I saw in the college football playoffs. Right. And you know, I don't watch any North Dakota State University games. But the, another kid that really caught my eye was the Kevin Austin guy from Notre Dame who just flashed onto the scene last year after some injury plague seasons and some other stuff. But I, I find all that out because, oh, this Kevin Austin guy, he's huge. Alec Pierce, he's massive, and they're they're super athletic. So I go back and watch film like, oh, that does show up on, yeah. on film. Yeah. Oh, that is something that I could see 
the Titans being interested in in the third round compared to, you know, um, George Pickens in the first. That's someone threw out there. Because they don't have a second round pick. So, you know, that kind of cuts away. Does John Mechie drop all the way down to the third? If he's dropping, do you trade up and get him? Yes, you absolutely go get John Mechie if you can. But this is why you just, trade. But this is why you trade back. This is why right, we, right. we like trade back. Trade back to trade 40, back. Trade back to forty-one and get an extra second rounder, because then you're looking at a lot of receivers that are tremendous value and would be really nice complementary pieces to AJ Brown. Jahan Dotson is a really nice piece out of Penn State that can make a big play down the field. Wandale Robinson out of Kentucky is a kid that I love. These are all guys you mentioned, Mechie. You know, there's if you can get a guy in the second, third round, like a lot of times those are the like. Those are the guys that are stars in the NFL and and can give you a specific skill set like a slot receiver alongside A.J. Brown or a tight end in theory as well. You got to get an extra pick here. And that's why trading back is is still my number one priority. If, if I was, you know, I'm yeah. in charge of the Titans. I'm not. So, well, I feel like I should be at least somewhere in the Titans building at this point think, because I'm, I'm coming up with contract scenarios and draft <laughs> strategies. I'm, I'm putting out film. I'm, I'm just I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm like, OK, well. You know, we could put a deal together for Aaron Rodgers. Just put me there. I'll, I'll get the deal done. <laughs> what, what, uh, watching the combine this weekend, what did you take away from the specific free agent groups? Cause we know the Titans have been linked, not linked, but there have been silly internet conversations about some players at some positions, whether it's tight end or corner or co- even quarterback. W- anything you learned in particular that you want to share with the, with the good people out yeah. there? So here's, here's what I think. I think that. The ball, I think the Titans have the advantage in the Harold Landry contract negotiations. Most teams tend to do, but you're already hearing Demarcus Lawrence may not be there for the for the Cowboys. Emmanuel Ogba's not more than likely not getting franchise tag. Then you see the edge class just explode off the page at the combine. I mean, people are going nuts over this class. If I'm looking at that and I'm I'm poking Harold Landry's agent saying, hey, you know. You, you've been very reliable for us, but it requires someone to be on the opposite side of you to be for, for your client to be any good. <laughs> and it requires, and you're a so-so run defender, your average run defender. And, you know, we don't mind paying you more money and maybe we'll edge you out slightly over Bud Dupree. But if you're expecting to be in the top, you know, five paid edge defenders, you can go kick rocks at this point because I'm going to take my chances in free agency and the the draft class. So I think for one person, I think Harold Landry is a loser from the combine actually going on. I think um, also you look at the wide receiver class and the wide receiver free agent class. I, I'm, I'm going with the draft again on that one. I, I think that you, they're cheaper they're more reliable. And I think that this free agency class is hurt by a lack of top end talent. And then I think someone who benefited from it are the tight ends free agent class, because there's a pretty lackluster combine performance from them. There's a lot of people who just are athletic, but that's about what they are. And their, their numbers flash off the page, but it's a very ho-hum tight end class from a top end talent perspective. So I think that the the big winners are those free agent tight ends because I think people are going to be overpaying this tight end free agent market. You know, I I, I was pretty forcefully pro re-signing Johnny Smith last year. And then sort of when they let him go when he got 10 million from the Patriots or whatever the number was, I kind of backed off of that thought and thought, you know, all right, that was the right move. You got to let him go. The Patriots are going to pay him extra, whatever. And 
after watching the season and now seeing the class and seeing the free agent and seeing the dollar figures, I'm like, if John Robinson really valued that position as much as maybe we think he should, paying Johnu Smith eight, nine, ten million dollars last year would have been the right move. Now, I don't know again how does it all work with the cap, all that stuff. They're seven million over. So I, I tend to agree, but that that it is really hard to imagine Johnu Smith in that offense and how he the role he played and imagine this current team with him on it, and you're going, oh man, that would be the missing. That would be the missing piece. Um, I disagree. I agree with you on a lot of the receivers. I think this is a good class in the middle of the draft. I will disagree with you on the Harold Landry thing, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But I want to remind everybody, of course, that the 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group. Make sure you go to the website, buildkg.com. If you own a home and you're going to do any work, make sure you check out the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. Rate, review, subscribe. Make sure you're going to Broadway Sports Media as well. Football and other efforts podcast, all that great stuff. The YouTube page. Check us all out. All right. Harold Landry. The, the tag deadline for the NFL is Tuesday when you're listening to this, March 8th. And the numbers are as follows. If you franchise tag him as a defensive end, which he is not, in my opinion, it would be... 20, uh, he'd be a linebacker franchise tag for sure. 20.1 for defensive end, 17.4 for the outside linebacker. That then gives you... That would be fully guaranteed. So all 17 million of that would hit the cap. And then, of course, you can then... But you can then renegotiate through July 15th until the end of that that period. If he is transition tagged, it would be 16.6 million as a defensive end. We disagree with that. It would be 14.8 as an outside linebacker. So there's there's sort of your baseline numbers. It does feel like 15 million is about what he would command if he if they re-sign him. I they can restructure it so where the cap doesn't affect you can kick some of that down the road a little bit if you actually sign a new deal instead of tagging him where all of that money hits the cap. Um but to your point, like I, because the linebacking crew is in such flux, Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans, I know those are off-ball inside guys, but you've got Bud Dupree and out in the contract you already mentioned. There's a lot of moving parts with this group as well. And normally, I don't like a guy re-signing a guy who's you know set career highs in every major category in his contract season. But Harold Landry doesn't strike me as one of those diva receivers who like decides to turn it on in his contract year. He strikes me as a, a, a guy who has worked really hard every step of his career to get better and now is surrounded by really good pieces and has had his best season. I could see him being a great player for the next four years. So I'm okay with them spending that money on Harold Landry, especially knowing the uncertainty around him on the defensive front. For what it's worth, and this is basically what Spotrack has as the market value pretty much lines up with what he has talked about that he wants, because what he's wanting is to be the highest paid guy in the meeting room. Now, obviously he can't go to the Steelers and want to, and try to get outpaid, you know, uh, TJ Watt, but he wants to be the highest paid guy in the meeting room. What does that look like? Who knows? Does he, is he most agents use the average annual salary of a contract? It's kind of their, their pointing tool, their negotiating tool, but they could also mean just more guaranteed money. It could mean, um, you know, a higher signing bonus up front. You just don't know what that technically means. They say $17.1 million on average per year, which lines up with what the franchise tag is, but it's, you know, spread out over the thing. That that's a doable deal. That that's not a, a crazy deal. And basically, the way that I have it structured is a four-year, sixty-nine million dollar deal, twenty million dollars signing bonus, thirty-five million fully guaranteed, seventeen point two million dollars AAV. 
That is all just slightly above Bud Dupree. But your cap hit this year would make it seven thousand or seven thousand seven million. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, seven thousand dollars would be great. Seven million dollars, and you can get out of it after twenty twenty three and only leave behind a dead cap of seven point nine. With how I have it constructed, that includes a roster bonus for starting so many games. Sure. That includes signing bonuses. That includes everything that you would have in a, a normal contract. So it's a doable deal. I, I think that you're paying for an average player, and that's fine. He would still rank outside the top 10 of linebackers paid outside linebackers at his position. But this idea that the Titans have to sign him, that is where I vehemently disagree with anybody that has that take because they don't have to. There are other players on the free agency market. We saw Jayon Brown hit the free agency market last year, and then he comes crawling back for way less of what he thought he was going to command. I'm not saying Harold Landry will do that. I'm sure someone will overpay Harold Landry because that's what other team, what other bad teams do, and he will probably be more Avery Williamson or Johnny Smith than he's going to be Jack Conklin. Like, I'm not too concerned if he goes to another team because this team – has Bud Dupree, who will be healthier, who is a proven force multiplier for the defense. And they have Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons. You get a, a, a lesser expensive guy like a Hassan Reddick or and a draft guy, a guy you draft, you're going to be fine. You're not going to really miss. I don't think this team will miss Harold Landry as much as what everybody wants to make it out to be. I, I do think he benefited from the, the law firm of Dupree, Simmons, and, and Autry. I don't think there's any question about that I, I think you're underselling his talent a little bit like I, I think he's you know if you wanted to actually put a dollar figure on it he's probably like a 12 million dollar outside linebacker or a 13 yeah, million that's like, what I think like he's still a really good player so I don't I don't want to undersell his talent but it, you're right it's this is what this is what the NFL is yeah the, the this is all the NFL is is how how can I maximize my dollars and and that's all it is it's like you know some maybe I got to pay a couple extra million for Harold Landry because I can, I've got a safety back here that's super cheap, or or whatever. Like this is this is the game in the NFL. So um, the deadline is on Tuesday, so we'll know whether or not they are going to tag him one way or the other. I, um, I am one hundred percent confident that they're going to tag him if they have not reached a deal by then. Okay, because they've been in talks with them for a while that yeah. the the with an extension according to the Athletic. And the way that John Robinson talked at the Combine, it's like they're going to have a lot of time to figure it out. That lot of time means they're going to tag him and then do an extension yeah. by July 15th. Which, which is, again, if they've been talking this whole time, they should, be, they should know if they're close or not. Unlike the Predators, who they don't even know if they're close or not with Philip right. Forsberg. And they have a much shorter window to negotiate that, tra that contract for the Predators. Speaking of the Predators, of course, huge game coming up against Dallas on Tuesday. Huge weekend uh, for the Nashville Predators. So uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that coming back off uh, the next edition of the 440. We had, to, we had to focus on the Combine and the NFL. This is where we get to debate. Zach and I get to hang out on the 440 on Tuesdays and argue about football. Um, and uh, you'll be hearing him more. So, Zach, where can people find you? And where can where, where, what's going on at Broadway Sports, F-Words, all that good stuff? So uh, you can find me on Twitter at F-WordsPod. Uh, football and other F-Words is our main podcast that I'm on. We are every week, except for last week, we were on vacation. This week, we're going to have Mike Miracles on. It's actually going to come out tomorrow, Wednesday, because uh, we're waiting for the uh, tag deadline to come through. Then me and Mike uh, Herndon are going to talk about whatever – Happened or didn't happen at the tag deadline <laughs> for the Tennessee Titans and other various teams. And then I'm um, going to write about the why I don't think the Titans should take a wide receiver in round one 
and finish up the SWOT analysis that we got and any other news that may spring up by the time that all that happens. Maybe next time, uh, this time next week when we talk, we're talking about Tennessee Titans starting quarterback Aaron Rodgers. We'll there see. Is a, there is a chance. We'll know. And there's a good chance he announces while you're listening to this what he's going to do, which is either right. stay in Green Bay or, or not. So we'll... This is all this is all in flux here. And thank you guys for hanging out with us. Make sure you check out football and other F words. Make sure you're checking out the YouTube page, Broadway Sports Media. You can follow Zach on Twitter. You can get to me, Braden Gall, at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports as well. So do all the things. Click all the buttons for us, all right? That's what we're asking you to do. We do appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, March 8th.